You're listening to Mind Your OT Business, a podcast to empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, the ever honest, always 100% real, Laura Park Figueroa. I'm the founder and owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a leader in the nature-based therapy movement, as well as a business coach for therapist entrepreneurs exclusively in my Business Better Ops group coaching program. I hope that what you hear on this podcast will empower you to take action, even when you feel a little bit afraid. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hi, friend, and welcome to a non-traditional episode of Mind Your OT Business. I am giving some updates on my life, recent life and business lessons from things I have gone through in the beginning of 2021. And I I thought about calling this a state of the union, but I just don't like how political that sounds. (laughs) So this is life lessons with Laura. Okay. So... I hope that some of these things I am learning will help you in whatever stage you are in in your work as a therapist entrepreneur. So some of you may be just thinking about starting a business. You may be running a business right now. You may be scaling a business to something much larger than anything I've done. But I do think that much of what I've gone through this year has a lot of applicability. Is that a word? (laughs) to any stage of business. So I'll I'll give a quick update of the context in which I am recording this episode. So if you don't know me, I am Laura Park Figueroa. I run a nature-based pediatric private practice called Outdoor Kids OT. And I also do this podcast, Mind Your OT Business, which is at mindyourotbusiness.com. And I do business coaching. So I have two businesses going on. And this year, my husband and I made the decision late last year to move to Madison, Wisconsin. We had spent 14 years in the Bay Area of California in Berkeley. And we had always talked about relocating to being closer to his parents who are aging now. So they are 86 and 90. His dad just turned 90. And, you know, I do think COVID in some ways made us all really reflect. I'm I'm sure you too, as you're listening, really reflect on what we want out of life and work. And a lot of people made big decisions last year to change things in their lives. And this was something that my husband had wanted for many years. And I love California. If you've heard me talk, I I would have stayed there forever. But when we are in a partnership, in a marriage, we make sacrifices. And I love my husband and I love his family and I wanted to support him in that. And so here we are in Madison. We have made the transition and it was a crazy, crazy spring. So as we packed up our house, I was organizing some things in my private practice to make some really clear structures, like organizational structure really clear. I revised payroll. I established a bonus structure for employees and had one-on-one meetings with my employees. Now, my practice is really small. I have three employees and two independent contractors who do social media and practice management and some executive assistantship for me. I still feel weird saying I have an executive assistant, but but in reality, that is what a lot of what she does for me. So the practice is really small, but I did have, it, it still takes work. I still had to manage it, right? So I had all that going on in my private practice all spring. 
as I packed my house and prepared for the cross-country move. And then also I was running my Business Bedrocks group coaching program, which is as of right now, the only way that I work with therapist entrepreneurs to provide business coaching. So I only work individually one-on-one with clients who come through that program or, or through my other Contigo approach program online, which is for nature-based pediatric practitioners. So I was doing those things in my businesses this spring while also podcasting and planning the OT Entrepreneur Summit with Trish Williams. And I was just doing a lot. Oh, yeah. And my PhD. I was writing my research proposal to start my PhD research. (laughs) So I can't even remember all the things I was doing. So in March, I really had to hit a hard stop on that PhD work, uh, which was fine. My mentor approved it and everything is fine. I'm still on track, but I did have to hit a hard pause and I have done no writing on that and I will dive back in this summer. Now we are finally here in Madison, still living out of boxes. The end of the transition is in sight though. So that is the context that I am speaking in right now and that I am living in right now. And these lessons from my life that actually apply to business, I hope will encourage you wherever you are at in your entrepreneurship journey. The first thing is that I've been reflecting on how there's no way out but through the hard work of starting, growing, and scaling a business. So It's kind of like that. If you know that song that we sing with little kids sometimes, if you're a pediatric therapist, I know you know this song. Going on a bear hunt, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Oh, no. And then you find some obstacle. So it's like a lake. Can't go under it. Can't go around it. Gotta go through it, right? And then you squish, squish through the lake or the marsh or whatever you've come across in your your bear hunt. That is how running a business is. You have to go through. You have to do the hard work. There's no way around doing that hard work. Now, there are ways to work more efficiently. So that's part of what I teach people in my Business Bedrocks group coaching program is a large part of the program is helping entrepreneurs learn how to work more efficiently so they free up their own time to be able to do the higher level CEO visionary type work on the business and to free up time for themselves so that they don't burn out as a business owner. But anyone who tells you that they have a perfect strategic plan or a perfect way <laughs> to have you get out of the hard work of running a business is is really not telling the full truth. So This is the thing, though. Doing that hard work. So I've been doing that hard work for six years now. And doing that hard work of nurturing relationships, of building connections online, of having ways that I serve people for free, for free, not expecting them to pay me, like through my Facebook groups and my emails and online offerings that I do that are free. Doing that experimentation and really putting a lot of content out there for people for free has helped me to know what I really love and don't love in my business. And as I went through this transition, it helped me step back and know that I could take a break because I didn't have to, I I could reassure myself, I don't have to show up live in my Facebook groups right now because there's 25 live videos there that people can watch from previous times when I've done them, right? So there's no way out but through the hard work But also when you do that hard work consistently for a period of time, you can step back. You can really take a look at what you love to do and don't love to do, which is what I'm going to get to next, and and allow yourself to 
take a break when you are in times of transition in your life or when you need to take a break from your business in your life. So that has been really great for me to realize that the hard work I've done has allowed me to slow down a little bit. And yet people hopefully are still gaining value from the systems I've set up in my business, like my email automation, my Facebook groups that I moderate and, and having those, those ways that I serve people do some of the, the work for me automatically while I am taking a break from showing up live in person as much as I used to. I feel like there was something else I was going to say there, but I can't remember. So I'm going to, I'm going to forge ahead. So the next thing I'm learning is that I cannot do all the things. So if you're on my email list, I sent an email out last week about this. And I think the title of it was, I have an inferiority complex. So <laughs> I really, I, I think maybe I take that mantra and uh, the marketing mantra of nobody cares about you. They only care about themselves. Cause we need to remember that when we write our marketing materials too often, we end up talking about our own business or talking about ourselves and all our credentials rather than saying how we're going to meet the need of our ideal customer and, and solve their problems. Right? So in general, I think we need to remember no one cares about you. They only care about themselves when we are writing marketing materials. But I think maybe I tend to take that too much to heart and be like, nobody wants to hear about my life on the podcast. But I'm taking a risk because that email I sent out got more replies than any other email I've ever sent out. My, I haven't even been able to reply. So I'm sorry if you replied to me. I don't know if I'll be able to reply to everyone. But I so enjoyed getting emails back from that email I sent, because basically in that email, I said, I have an inferiority complex. I feel like people don't want to know about my life, but I'm going to share some life lessons that I've been learning lately. The main point of which was that I can't do all the things and that I need to get really clear on what I want to do in business. I, I am still working that out. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about what I'm thinking here as I shared a bit in my email to my email list too. But we can't do all the things, all right? I am I am clearly doing a lot. People ask me all the time, like, how do you do everything you do? Well, I do it because I have really high energy and it feeds my soul. I love doing all the work I do. I have outsourced a lot. I don't do a lot in my businesses that I don't want to do. I have figured out how to free up my time to do the things I really like to do. However, there are always things that you have to do in your business as the CEO that maybe you don't enjoy doing. So if you can get to where you're doing about 80% of the things you really love and maybe 20% of the things you don't love, even though you have to still do them, that's great, right? So I'm still working that out, but I got so much feedback from that email because I, I'm trying to really lean into this idea of understanding that people want to know me and they want to know my thinking behind why I do things. I tend to downplay myself and want to like just give actionable content to people. But in this episode and in that email I sent, I'm trying to share a little bit more about my heart and about what I'm thinking about the decisions that I'm making in the business. Again, obviously with the intention to help you if you're listening to this. So I'm still working out how I, I feel like I do need to niche down or I need to make some changes in my business because I can't. This process of transition has really made me realize that I can't continue doing everything that I've been doing. And here's what I do know. I know that I love mentoring and teaching in my online courses. And those are the Business Bedrocks group coaching program for therapist business owners. 
of all different kinds of businesses, not just therapy practices. But that is the that's my signature course that helps people work efficiently and effectively in their businesses. And it helps you set up systems in the areas of mindset, operations, finances, and marketing in your business. So I love doing that program. I mean, I I love it. I it's it's one of my babies. I have a couple of babies in my business, but it's one of my babies. <laughs> and I love 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 working with a therapist in that program. That program was I I just finished my second co- leading my second cohort through that program and that was such a balm to my soul this spring. It did not feel like work. I loved showing up on those calls. The quality of the people in that program, I I told them too, you know, the first cohort was last summer um, in 2020. And then I ran the second cohort this spring in 2021. And I, I kind of had a little bit of hesitancy going into the second cohort because I wasn't sure if they could be as great as the first cohort. They were, they were, I mean, it, it was just, it, it, it proves that as helping professionals and mainly occupational therapists, I think they've all been OT in my program. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head. I've had like 50 something people go through, but I think most of them have been OTs, but I, I, I'm telling you the quality of the people, the quality of the entrepreneurs in this program just have made it such an amazing experience for everyone. And it happened the second time too, not just the first time. So I'm sorry, first cohort, if you're listening, you are very special, but the second cohort was just as special. <laughs> Like they were amazing. So so it's really cool to see that there are incredible therapist entrepreneurs in the world and to to see that it is replicable. It is it is going to be a great program going forward. So it was just super encouraging to me and really fed my soul. The work to help these entrepreneurs build connections and to get systems in place in their business just really feeds me. So I loved doing that course. I will keep doing that course. And then if you're interested in that, you can go to businessbedrocks.com and get on a wait list for the next cohort. I am not certain when I will be offering it. Probably not next January will be the time. So, okay. And then my other online course is the Contigo Approach to Nature-Based Pediatric Therapy. Contigo stands for Connection and Transformation in the Great Outdoors, C-O-N-T-I-G-O. And we made that into an online course last year. And again, it has some ongoing mentorship involved. And I love, love, love teaching in that course. So Business Bedrocks and the Contigo Approach are my two babies in my businesses. And these are going to be foundational to my business going forward. I don't see giving up work on those. I can outsource work and get support, but teaching and mentoring in those programs are going to be part of my role in my businesses going forward. And then the other thing is that these are things that are guiding my thinking about niching down and figuring out what I want to focus on in my business. I love having a business with worldwide influence and big goals. So I am an Enneagram 8 with a very strong seven wing. I'm actually almost split between the two. If you don't know about the Enneagram, you can go to enneagraminstitute.com, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M institute.com and read all about those. But basically it's a personality. It's not really just personality though. It's about like worldview and how you are in the world, which I guess is personality. But I'm going to do a series on that on this podcast this summer. So that is coming up. You will learn much more about the Enneagram and how it can support your work as an entrepreneur soon. 
But basically, my Enneagram 8-7 means that I am an enthusiast. I love doing a lot of different things. I love adventure. And I also love challenging and being in control and leading. So that's the Enneagram 8 part. So part of my personality that really feeds me and inspires me is that I love having a business that may have worldwide influence and big goals and thought leadership in, in, an, in an area of practice. So for me, that means that my PhD needs to get done and needs to be a priority. So I want to speak for a minute about something I have said before, that I do not think that all therapist entrepreneurs need to get a doctorate degree in order to be a thought leader. So please hear me say that first. However, <laughs> I do think that doing the hard work, specifically to get a PhD, because it's a very long degree and it's a research-based degree, doing the hard work to get that degree actually does hone your critical thinking in a way that, that very few other things in life can, because there are structures in place to teach you how to think strategically and critically and to create original research that has influence in the world. It, it forces you to do the deep work and, and the hard work of writing, of being clear and logical, of receiving constructive criticism on your writing, of being open to feedback and open to being mentored by other researchers who have gone before you. So I need to get my PhD done. And that is, I'm going to dive back into that this spring, but or this summer, I mean. And I think that in thinking about that, I've thought a lot about how my PhD is kind of my work, right? But it does influence my business because it allows Outdoor Kids OT, my private practice, to produce or to be connected to, I guess, original research that will be being published, which then elevates the thought leadership of the business as a whole. So it does relate to my practice, and it is something that I know I am still going to be doing in my work because I really love doing it, too. I love writing, and I, I'm excited to do research. So, And then finally, the last thing I know that is a pipe dream is – well, this isn't a pipe dream – the last thing I know is that I want to die and feel like I had an impact on the world. <laughs> so uh, the pipe dream is along this line is that I have this pipe dream to start a nonprofit to fund children going to outdoor therapy services. So I see this as a nonprofit organization that would have the sole purpose of raising funding to get children out into nature for therapeutic purposes. So I could offer funding to people who come to my Contigo Approach training, but also to other therapists who may not be using my approach, but who are getting kids out into nature for therapeutic benefit. So that's my pipe dream. I would be so happy if that happened in the future and could really expand the accessibility of nature-based therapy to children all around the world. So that's my my pipe dream that I want to have in the future. <laughs> that's what I know. Those are the things that I want to keep doing in my business. But it's a matter of thinking what things that I'm doing relate to those things that I love and that I'm really clear that I want to keep doing. And what things should I let go because they don't impact those things or they don't really connect to those things that I really love to do. So, yeah, that's I don't have any profound epiphany answers right now, but those are the things I am thinking about as I move forward as a result of this transition time. And then finally, the last thing I want to say is I've been thinking a lot about how you have to be able to take risks 
in life and in business. You won't know what fabulous things are on the other side until you actually take the risk and go there and do the thing and make the decision. So this can be applied to almost anything in business. I'm not saying we should be crazy and just do things like without, you know, throw caution to the wind and just take hazardous risks. But like, really, I think we we should be more brave in our work as entrepreneurs. We We have to be able to take risks. The thing that made me reflect on this is that I pretty much had like major anxiety all spring while we were packing our house. I was crying a lot. I was feeling like soul crushing sadness about leaving California, feeling like life could just not be good anywhere else. And I cried a lot. I some days really felt like I didn't know if I would survive. Like that sounds crazy, but I really, I think I was very fearful of being super depressed if we moved it was almost like the fear of the unknown in a sense. And what helped during those times was honestly meditating on, for me, it was a passage from the Bible about anxiety and about not being anxious and about trusting God to take care of you. And I like clung to that and meditated on it and memorized it and would just say it over and over and over in my brain when I was feeling really anxious. So that is what worked for me is having a calming mantra to help reframe my my thinking when I was kind of spinning emotionally to help me be able to take that risks. And also knowing, and I said this in a prior episode, also I would remind myself that very few things in life are are permanent, right? Like I, I tried to look at it with a spirit of curiosity. What would life be like in Madison? What if life could be really great in Madison? You know, and and just thinking that way about risks, you know, thinking about decisions you have to make in your business, having that spirit of playful curiosity. And I know I've said this before, but it's worth repeating again because too many of us get completely paralyzed by the smallest of risks, really. I mean, this was a big risk moving my whole family across country. But but what has happened for me in this process of really feeling the emotion and yet trying to stay positive as I moved through this process, we landed in such an incredible community here in Madison. We are in a cooperative housing association, which sounds really exclusive, but it's not because it was like from the 1950s and we pay like $50 a year optional dues to to the co-op association or whatever. But it's just a very intentionally planned little group of houses that there's 177 residences and they were all built to have access to nature. At the end of my driveway, there is a path into 125 acres of woods. I mean, if you know me, could anything be more perfect for me? I, I mean, my youngest child walks to school now on a wooded path 12 minutes to get to his elementary school. There's a park right down the street. My son, my youngest, is outside all day long every day. Now, we'll see how that goes when it turns really cold in winter here. He's used to this sunny, beautiful weather that's just like California because we moved in April. You know, that was smart for us to do. Um, <laughs> but but basically, like, we've landed in this really beautiful place. And even though there are some days that I really deeply miss California, I mean, truly, like, I've cried a couple of times, 
Madison is pretty incredible. And I would not have known it unless we actually did all of those small steps to do the behemoth task of moving cross country to make this move. Now, who knows? Like in a year, I might be really sad because maybe I'll have been through a winter and that's horrible and crazy and I hate winter. Okay. But I am trying to embrace winter, y'all. I'm going to embrace winter sports. I need to get some cross country skis and some snowshoes and some really warm clothes and I'm going to get out there. That is what I'm going to do. Remember, I'm staying positive about winter. But Madison in general, is incredible. It has been amazing to be near family. I'm five hours from my sister. I got to go see my nephew graduate from high school this last weekend. I mean, there are so many beautiful things to this move that I just wouldn't have known unless we actually had physically made it and done it and made it happen. Things can be really great on the other side of a decision that scares the living daylights out of you. That is the message here. (laughs) So I'm enjoying it here. I'm super happy um, with our location, even though there's days that I'm sad and that's okay. Life is messy and we all know that as entrepreneurs. So I want to end on that note of taking the risks, the playful curiosity towards taking risks. And I hope as always, that something I shared here today has helped move the needle for you a little bit on taking action in your business. So I would encourage you to take a small step, something from this episode. And if you do, if you take a small step from this episode, will you tell me about that? I would love to hear about that. Either DM on Instagram. Well, that's probably the easiest way. DM me on Instagram at Laura Park Fig. You can also PM me on Facebook, but sometimes Facebook hides those messages, but I will I will try to be looking <laughs> for them. I often forget and then I look and there's a few there that I missed. But um, but yeah, let, reach out to me and let me know if you took action from this episode. I would love to hear. So take a small step because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.